right, guys. We're back again with another episode of On the Fly. Tonight, it's a great honor to be joined by one half of the dynamic duo from the Shout It Out Loud cast. I'm talking about none other than Zeus from Tom and Zeus on the Shout It Out Loud cast. If you haven't heard the Shout It Out Loud cast, you guys know I'm a KISS fan. I've been a KISS fan since I was five years old. I'm like 48 now, so yeah, I've I've been I've been a dedicated fan. These guys, and I'm not blowing smoke up his butt or anything. I promise you, if you are a Kiss fan and you listen to this Kiss podcast, you'll never want to listen to another Kiss podcast again. And there are several out there. These guys tell it like it is; they don't sugarcoat things, and that's what I like about them. And and they do it with a with what I'm talking about is a great sense of humor as well. With me tonight, you see up there on the screen, and I'm representing the Shout It Out Loud cast right here. Yes. Check it out. You go get a shirt. Go check them out. But with me tonight is Zeus from Shout Out Loud cast. Welcome to the show, buddy. Steve, uh, the honor's all mine, buddy. Uh, we've been talking about doing this for a while. Uh, I'm excited to be here, so thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Uh, you get your greetings from Tom as well. And uh, I told him, well, if you like country music, you'd be right next to me too. Exactly. Uh, and and oh I well. have talk, we have talked to, and we're going to get this done as well, bringing both of you guys on for the uh, top 10 Patriots. Since you guys are such big Patriots fans, we'll do a top 10 Patriots. But I think number oh, one yeah. is going to pretty much be a lock, I think. You think? <laughs> <laughs> and the bat, hey, look. When I told my friend, one of my friends that does a, the sports podcast with me that I might bring you guys on to do a top 10 Patriots, he said, you can't stand the Patriots. I said, you do what you got to do for the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You never know what number, you never know what could be number one because it could be the coach, right? Oh, yeah. You could throw a curveball mm. in there. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Right. And you know, right. I'm, so you never know. Not getting off the subject, but I'll tell you this, and I, it pained me to talk about it. I recorded a, my final score podcast today with the recap, and it pained me to say, but right now, the most consistent football team in the AFC right now is the New England Patriots. They're playing really good football with Mac Jones at the quarterback. So, you know, I think Belichick must have really known something what he, he saw something he liked in that kid and he's proven him right so far. Yeah, he's uh he, he there's just something about him. He doesn't hurt himself. Like a lot of mistakes other teams make and things like that, he eliminates those. He always has his team ready to go, no stupid penalties, no distractions, ready to go. So he eliminates a lot of the other things that affect other teams. And with that and his coaching up of players, this is what you get. And another thing, too, you guys have lost, what, four? But really, there's two games that could have gone either way. The, the Buccaneers game and the Cowboys game. You know, you had to lead late yeah. the Cowboys game and, and let it slip away. And the, and the Buccaneers game, you had those guys on the ropes. So, I, I, you know, I'm not one to praise mm -hmm. the Patriots or Belichick. But I'll give praise when praise is due, <laughs> and he, he's doing he's doing a good job with them right now. Anyway, 
getting off to oh, get off the subject, rambling on. I know how how that goes. I hear y'all do that sometimes. <laughs> I do that as well. You think? Yeah. So we talk talk about a little bit about the podcast. Shout out Loudcast. You guys started out. I've heard you tell it several times. You guys started out not knowing anything about how to do a podcast like me, and this thing has just grown and grown to where I mean, you guys are like just like you said when you went to the Kiss Cruise. People were getting on the elevator with you and, and seeing you across the room. You shouted out loudcast. You know, how is this thing? This thing is just snowballed big time for you guys. Well, it, it just started at me and Tom are our KISS fans, but we've had the same silly, immature kind of humor <laughs> since college. I mean, we lived together for four years in college. We stayed in touch after that. And we always have our reunions and get togethers and stuff. And then, you know, when phones started coming in and texting, we used to like find stupid photos of the band or, you know, Gene doing something dumb and then like texting each other and laughing about it. Tom used to listen to podcasts. I didn't even got into it. I know nothing about podcasts. He would listen to them. And he said, we, you know, we met up one time. We we're like, we should do one. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not doing any of these podcasts where like, you know, I don't want anything negative about the band. If we're going to talk, we're going to talk real because Kiss, as great as they are, they, they do a lot of like stupid I, things or yes, foolish things or funny things. And if you can't poke fun of that, then even the Kiss fans of the Kiss Army, you know, the people going nuts over that Funko at Walmart with the destroyer thing. Everyone's flipping out online. I was watching now. And me and Tom are like, we just laugh about this stuff. I'm like, people are like, you're a grown man. What are you doing? Like, people snapping at each other and get into uh, all sorts of chaos over Kiss. And the great Chris Jericho said it, and I and I and he's absolutely right. Kiss wrestling fans and Star Wars fans, all like super fanatic, but all toxic. And it's all sorts of shit. They love to be miserable about the thing that they love. And it's true. Yeah, so we got into this. We, we were thinking out loud. If we want to do it, we got to do it our way. With our silly hu- sense of humor. And I didn't care if five people listened or 10. But it was me and Tom. And it's like a running diary. You know that. Running your own podcast. Years from now, you hope your kids someday were like, well, listen to my dad. What was he doing on this day? Like, And like, I'll be ashamed if my kid listens to me, but maybe your kids will be proud. But it, it it's something that we enjoy doing and we wanted to do it our way. And, and it the sense of humor part really caught on. Kiss has got a built-in audience. Oh, Any yeah. Kiss podcast that starts off will, will always get people to try it and listen. What we did is try to, do it with the sense of humor and have you like us. If you like the host, you'll listen to them talk about whatever you want. They want, excuse me. So, you know, sometimes we go off on a tangent, tell stupid stories that have happened to me over the time. We'll go on. We started doing different types of episode game shows. We started doing the album review crew where we started doing non kiss albums to talk about that. We've got the Zeppelin part coming up because we're big Led Zeppelin fans. That's going to be coming down the pipe. And we got a few other things coming down too, because we don't want to be a podcast that just says, well, just you'll tune in. And then we kind of, lazily put something together we put a lot of work into it 
And, uh, you know, it's not easy. And, you know, firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of work, you know, and one of the things that I worry about when I do, like when I do an interview or I do a show is I, I, I've got like, we showed each other our notebooks earlier. I'm scared. I'm I'm scared. I'm going to miss something. And I, and when I go back and look, I was like, man, I should have, I should have said that. I should have asked that something like that. But yeah, that's why I do so much. I do so much research trying to come up with something, you know, and when I got an interview, I try to come up with something that they didn't think I would, I would know about. And, uh, you know, it's, it's happened a couple mm-hmm. of times. I've got a, a few guys on that, but uh, man, you guys, like I said, I'm really enjoying the album review crew. Uh, I'm wait, I'm waiting for the first country album to see what Sonny and Tom's reaction is. To that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sh- that, I'm sh- that would be tough. Like, believe me, I've thought about it, but it's gotta be something that, you know, something that's an album because a lots of times unfortunately a lot of the country albums they have a lot of throwaways in there and can't be anything silly it's got to be a good album all the way through yeah. i think there's tons of them that, but, oh there you is. know they as soon as they start hearing the twang if they hear the twang they hear the violins they're going to be like what is this garbage turn this off like <laughs> so and that's fine and that's where i get my release when we were talking about let's do 90s country, I'm like, yes, please. That 90s country was probably definitely my favorite era of country music. Uh, like I said, I got out of it in the 80s and uh, got back into the 90s. And we'll talk about how I got back into it just a minute. I want to talk a little bit about your latest episode of Shout Out Loudcast. You guys did the world famous Music from the Elder album oh. review, which people people have been harping for for i don't know how long ever since i started listening i've seen messages. when are you guys going to do the elder um and you know the elder you either love it or you hate it and a lot of people don't like it but there there are some good songs on there i remember i'll tell you this story i got it for easter when i was in fourth grade Show and tell, I took the elder <laughs> to school to play. And when Mr. Blackwell came on, the teacher heard, Mr. Blackwell, you can go to hell. And uh, that was the end of that for me. I was like, oh, she took it right off, put it back in the sleeve, said, take this home. And I was like, really? But yeah, that used to be my gift. My, my Christmas and Easter present was a Kiss album every year just about when they were coming out so quick but uh yeah you know another thing we want to talk about too is people say you know you're you're a kiss fan zeus is a kiss fan you can't listen to country music you know you can't be a country music fan and be a, a kiss fan i you know and that's one of the things that always bothered me about what people say you know i listen to country I don't listen to current rap, but I listen to like the 80s back rap back it was in the 80s. I listen to some pop stuff. You know, I'm not yeah. look, one of my guilty pleasures when I grew up, I was a Bay City Rollers fan. So I mean, no you know, Bay, <laughs> Bay City Rollers and Kiss on the turntable over there <laughs> when I was a kid. So I mean gotcha. You can't you if it's good, if music is good, I'll listen to it. I don't have a problem. I'm not gonna say I'm not listening to country. 
I can't listen to country music, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, I don't know how you feel about what, what are some kind of music that you listen to besides, you know, Kiss? I know you can listen to rock, you listen to country. Is there any guilty pleasure you have that people wouldn't know about it besides that? Well, I think uh, listening to country is about as guilty as can be when you're talking about Kiss fans. Um, uh, I'm sure there is. I'll look back. Um, I mean, I, I, we were talking earlier. I'm a huge Elvis fan. If I probably would pick one, I would probably say Elvis. Um, yeah. And then probably Kiss and Country, the Eagles. Um, oh, I love the and, Eagles. Uh, yeah, but the other one was, would be like, I, I got, and I can tell you where I started and how it ended up there and how we got into country. But I want to tell a quick little story because you made me laugh that you brought in the, the elder and you played Mr. Blackwell. We had a music class and every time uh, in the seventh grade, he made you bring an album and you would play it and you would have to talk about it. And this guy was just, hilarious he was like that venus fly trap guy from wkrp <laughs> he was just like like he, he liked like beatles and rock and stuff but he was classical music but he didn't take any shit from anybody excuse the language um some kid brought in breaking the law from judas priest and you know it's like breaking the law breaking the law he literally opened up the window and chucked the fucking rap Chuck the record out the window. Oh my God. And we're all standing there like, oh Christ. And I, my pick was, I think, Def Leppard's Rock of Ages. But he chucked Judas Priest out the window. So um, yeah, I, I just remember those kind of stories. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't oh, a big Lord. fan. Of that. But yeah, uh, I, I thought I was the only one that got so, my record shut now, down. Now, do you. Tail. Oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't me, but I remember the kid doing it. Now, do you have an older brother? Yes, I do. He's about four years older than me. Did, mine's three years older. So a lot of that stuff, what was he listening to? What did he come up with his friends? What were they saying was cool? And that's how I picked up on a lot of stuff. Right. Um, another one, you said guilty pleasure. I remember Duran Duran being big when you were when we were little. Yeah. I'm yes. I'm 48 as well. I'm 40, yeah. Remember how big they were for a while? Yes, yes. Yeah. I had I had arena. So that's a kind of a guilty. I had arena on cassette. I did. I like I like Wild Boys. Yeah, that's, I had that the live album. Yeah. And then but yep. you know another yep. one yep. of my guilty yep. my guilty pleasures was uh and I just watched it. I don't know if you watched that American Music Awards last night, but I I can't I just no. can't comprehend this new stuff and you know it just oh yeah but they had a new edition came back and they were on stage they were on stage with new kids on the block which you know yeah i'm not a new kids on the block fan but i i did get a new edition back then i bought i remember this my birthday money one year I got the new edition cassette and Kiss Animalized. So and then a Prince Purple Rain, a Prince Purple Rain t-shirt. So I mean, you were going, I was sitting Prince all, is the middle. I, I was saying Prince is the middle between those two artists. Don't you yeah. think? Prince Purple a Rain R and B a little rock album. Purple Rain is a perfect album in my eyes. You know, I I, I love that album. But um 
Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we're here to talk about 90s country. And tonight we're going to do like what we feel like are our top 10 favorite 90s country album of all time. And when we started talking about doing this, I was kind of, a, I was really impressed because I was like, well, I told Zeus, you know, I, let me know when you get your list ready. Oh, mine's done. And I was like, geez, <laughs> I have to think about this for a while because there's so many great albums from the 90s. And, you know, scared you're going to leave one out. And it, there's probably some that I'm going to go back and kick myself for not putting in here. But uh, how, tell, tell me how you got into country music. Because I know we talked a little bit about me. When I was a kid, my parents would listen to some country you know, the Kenny Rogers stuff, uh, Eddie Rabbit in the early 80s. But then it just kind of got, I don't know, I got where I was out of country music. I got into the 80s metal. That was all I was I was listening to was the hair bands. And then the 90s came, and I don't want to give away my number one pick, but this album came out, and a friend of mine was playing it in, in his car, the cassette, and I was like, what the heck is this? But I'm not going to give that away because that's that's what got me into it is my number one. But then I just went on gotcha. a 90s country music spree. From there on out, it was watching CMT when they used to play videos as well, like MTV. But that's what got me in back into country music. What got you into country music? So... Uh, I was always an Elvis fan. I learned Elvis from older cousins. And with Elvis, you can go to all sorts of different areas, rock and roll, uh, uh, hillbilly. You can go to yeah. um, country, gospel. You can go all, you can make a bunch of detours. But I always loved Elvis. So I always had that. And I remember when I was younger, I would get the magazine Entertainment Weekly. And it always give you the charts what's the best movie top 10 movies top 10 albums top 10 books and i remember seeing like who the hell is this garth brooks guy who is this clint black how are these how are these guys like not like above death leopard and guns and roses who the hell are these people who's buying this stuff and i was just like I, it threw me off like i didn't really care like i didn't know any of this music i didn't hear of any and then i saw my cousin another cousin at a college and he had Garth Brooks playing with all his buddies. And he was like a senior and I was a freshman. And I was like, well, this isn't that bad. It's not, it's not like what I pictured it would be. And he had a song. Play, so I, I thought I would listen to try to listen to country music. And the first song I heard on country music and I went out and bought it. I listened to the station was a song by Travis Tritt. And it was called, I think, Lord Have Mercy on the Working Man. Yeah. It was yeah. off his T-R-O-U-B-L-E. So when I looked it up, I don't know how I looked it up because there was no Google then. <laughs> but I'm like, T-R-O-U-B-L-E, that's an Elvis song. Yep. What the hell? He's doing Elvis cover? I bought that. That was the first one I bought. Now, I, I listened to it. I was like, this isn't that bad. I thought it would be like, you know, somebody whistling and uh, yodeling and stuff on on a porch and hay, hay floating by in the wind. No, this was pretty good. And then I was like, you know what? I got to find out what this Garth Brooks guy is all about. 
So I think the chase had just come out. I bought the chase. I listened to that. And then I started listening to the radio and then I just went down this rabbit hole. But the thing that really pushed me over was a thing that I've talked about on my show before with Tom. And it was a running gag when I was at college. Um, I, I did a lot of that BMG Columbia house scams. <laughs> yes. So while I'm in college, because your mailbox would always change, you'd leave. I must've hoarded hundreds and hundreds of CDs, which are all behind me. And I would use fake names. I started using no kid and Ziggy Marley. I, I put things like my first name was Chode, uh, Jorge, and all sorts of stupid stuff. And I would get these. So if I heard a song by an artist that I thought I would like, or if I saw her in Columbia, I was like, this guy's a heart new artist. Screw it. I'll buy it. And did I buy it? No, I ordered Columbia House and got them for free. So, and the other big thing that would add to this was the five disc player. So I'd be yeah. in my room, in my dorm room in college or drinking or studying stuff, put five CDs. And I'm, I'm the type where I can't just put a CD and put it in or music and just listen to 12 songs straight. I got to yeah. put it in with four other albums, put them on shuffle and let them go. And then yeah. wait till something. Ooh, I like that song. Let me go back. What's the name of that song? And then boom, you hit something else. And I, then I would switch them out, put five other CDs in there. And it grew like, yeah, I watched CMT. It didn't, it didn't hurt that all the female country artists were easy on the eyes as well. Let's oh, be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it really picked up that country music was everywhere. You could watch it on CMT because MTV by this point was starting to kind of go away from music videos reality. a little bit into starting to do reality shows, you know, and things like that. But country music was there. And then my brother started listening to, and then other people started listening to, I just, you know, it just snowballed from there. And then, but it was mostly my own private thing. I didn't have other country music fans that I was friends with. I couldn't say, hey, Martina McBride's coming in town. Want to go see her? Hey, uh, you know, Tracy Bird is in town. Like those things weren't happening, right? So uh, I ended up having the, this as like my own private guilty pleasure. And as you can see, it's pretty expansive. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think? And I've, I've asked some other people this. What do you think you would have done if, or we would have done, I know I, I would have probably never left the house if Apple Music or Spotify existed back when we were kids. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of them. I have Spotify. Right. I have it for my kid. I don't, I still buy physical things. So when we do like the album review crew on Shout It Out Loudcast, and they pick an album I don't have, I buy the album, even though I could listen to it for free right. anywhere else. I buy the physical CD, not the LP. I don't believe in the vinyl craziness. Okay. I, can't. I buy the CD. Now, do I listen to CDs? No. I burn the CD, put it on the Apple iTunes, and then I put it on my phone. Then I have it everywhere. But I have the CD. I have yeah. the physical product. I paid for it. The artist got some money from it. That's how I look at it. Yeah, and, I, and I'll tell you this, too. As far as buying the CDs, I like the one of the best thing about buying a CD back in the day was, or the cassette, 
the liner notes. I would read the liner notes yeah. from start to finish and, you know, find out who played on what, who was on this, who was on that. What are they saying here? What about this song? I, and I miss, I do miss that physical stuff because there's not, this is not a, a big area. We're like, my population, my town is like 95 to 100 people. They're, the only place you can get music from close to here is Walmart. I mean, so it's not a yeah. big area for, for getting your music, uh, but um, yeah, it didn't, you're right. It didn't hurt that the females were, were pretty hot looking back when uh, she had Faith Hill. <laughs> oh, anyway, my God. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you one more story because you got me thinking about when you said, talk about my brother, sure. talk about brothers. Now, I've been a KISS yep. fan since I was five years old, and I've been dedicated through mm -hmm. the whole time. You know, my brother got, I kind of got away from it, but reunion tour starts. Coming to Greensboro. Greensboro is like maybe two and a half, three hours away from us. He comes home, him and his friends are saying, I'm going to, I'm going to the reunion tour in Greensboro. And I'm like, hello, where's my ticket? Where, why didn't you offer me a ticket? So never offered me the one that was oh. diehard a ticket. Instead, he gets I get slapped in the face when he gets home that night with a Kiss reunion tour T-shirt, and uh, I'm like, "Wow, gee, thanks. At least you did think a little bit of me." But uh, yeah, that's what my brother thought of me. But uh, let's get right into this top ten list. This is going to be the top ten out. Sure. This is not. This is not what the greatest top 10 albums of the 90s this is like what we consider our top 10 favorite albums of the 90s so without further ado i'm going to let you take number 10 first and we'll we'll talk about that and i'll go after you all right so i i do have to warn you i wrote down 30 albums <laughs> and from that i cut I, it down oh no oh no where's where's my original list <laughs> oh really That's and it, right it could have been longer yeah i've got about 32 so yeah it could have went either way yeah. i told you the other night i thought it would change several times between now between then and when we did the show um i'm not sure the order on these so i'm gonna do that on the fly the one okay. the one thing to kind of i'm just gonna let you know in order for me to do this, I didn't use an artist's more than one album from an artist. I, I try to save I, one their album, but I honestly, um, I could have picked several from a couple people that the nineties were just, they just, for me dominated. All right. So I'll start with something, uh, at number 10. Um, I'm going to give you a female artist. I put this, uh, on shuffle constantly. I love her voice. Uh, and that's, I put Homewood Looking Angel from Pam Tillis came out in 1992. And I would write, I have three songs I would always, like, you know, on all these picks that I enjoyed. That's why, if it had to have at least three. So right. I, I put How Gone Is Goodbye, Shake the Sugar Tree, You Know Who Your Man Is, and uh, Cleopatra. But like, there's a bunch of all these albums. I can listen to them all the way through. I love her voice. 
I have like, I think her first, I don't know, six or seven albums or greatest hits. I, I think she's super talented and her father was pretty good too. Yeah. Mel Tillis, uh, love Mel Tillis, especially, <laughs> and people don't real, some people don't realize because I'm aging myself. Mel Tillis has been in a lot of those movies, Cannonball Run movies. Uh, I just remember in Cannonball mm -hmm. Run, yep. Smokey and the Bandit part two, part two, when they went through the music park and they, <laughs> excuse me, sir, <laughs> we are closed. And uh, yeah, that's when they <laughs> yeah. tore the whole place yeah, up. Yeah, that's Mel Tillis. Pam Tillis' yeah, voice, yeah. she had one of those voices that was so distinctive, you could always tell when that was Pam Tillis. Yes. Uh, what was that other song she sang? Spill Perfume? Was it something like that? No, yeah, that's, I'm telling you, she, she went, she went like four or five albums deep, like, I, I think you froze up on me. I, I mean, honestly, I could listen to all her albums. I think she's super talented. Yeah. So Pam Tillis. Now, I've, my number 10 is probably not on your list. Uh, but one of those bands from back then that had a mega hit, uh, that, that's Little Texas, big time, that album with uh, came out May 11th, 1993, their second album. I had, you know, of course, there was a my love was a good song god bless texas uh and of course the mega hit they had back then was what might have been and that's probably what everybody remembers little texas at uh brady seals and tim rushlaw would do the 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 vocals great vocals in that group i also enjoyed them i know i'm a big eagles fan you're a big eagles fan they did it on common thread the eagles tribute album they did peaceful easy, easy feeling did a great version of that Unfortunately, now they're, I, I don't think either one of those are in the band anymore. And they're, they're doing like a LA guns thing yeah. where they're trying to sue each other for not, you can't use little Texas name. And <laughs> there's going to be four different little Texas yeah. bands for long, but uh, yeah, that's my number 10 is little Texas big time. I'll let you get your number nine. Yeah. All right. Now I have that album back there somewhere. Because I awesome. like that song, God Bless Texas. Yeah. And I bought the album. BMG special, yeah, right? That. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll pull it out. And I can tell it's from college because we always used to put the black marks, our insignias, kind of like on all the CD cases. We would do it because people would steal CDs in college. So you'd put like different marks. And so the Zeus marks had the two stripes on all of them. But nobody was touching my country <laughs> album, so it didn't matter. All right, number nine for me. Um, I'll go with, jeez, uh, now I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to put these in order. I'll go with this. Um, I'll go with uh, Garth Brooks and Rope in the Wind. To me, that's, that's his most complete album, okay? So Rope in the Wind came out in 91. It's uh, it's got burning bridges, which I like. We burn the hatchet in Lonesome Dove, and I love everybody loves the river. It's such oh, yeah. a beautiful song. Yeah, definitely. So, of Garth's, I mean, I can listen to all his albums straight through, no fences, obviously, and things like that. But for me, I I, I that's my go to for him. 
Yeah, Garth had so many great albums back then. He was on fire back then, and you couldn't go wrong with the yep. Garth album back then. My number nine is we're going to get into the female with me. Um, Shania Twain, Come On Over. Now, this was her third oh. album. Now, how many albums, any, any kind of album, rock, country, anything, had 12 singles released off of it? She had 12 <laughs> singles. That's how good this album was. The ninth best-selling album in the U.S. and worldwide all time, 50 consecutive weeks at number one, nominated for six Grammys. Of course, Mutt Lang is the producer. Uh, I mean, you could just go right down. This is that one of those albums you could just let play. I mean, you, I don't know what happened there. Okay, I'm back. Okay, I don't know we what lost you there. after you. Yeah. All right, so yeah, I'll, the, just, the, I'll just keep going with that. But yeah, you can't beat. Come on over. I mean, so many great songs. Do you remember? Uh, I guess everybody had it as their wedding song from this moment. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, do you remember the guy that sang with her on that? No. Who's that? Because there, there's two versions of it. There's one that she sings by herself, and then there's one. Yeah, the, there's a duet. I know, I know, yeah, I know. Brian, but they, the one that became Brian popular White? was. Yes, yes. Yeah. He had a he had a minor hit something. Yeah. Remember, like there was a video for him playing baseball or something like that. <laughs> But for me, what's amazing about Shania Twain is her three albums in a row were all diamond records, yeah. over 10 million. Yeah. If you look at her husband, he's got those three. He's got the two Def Leppards that are off the charts. And then he's got Back in Black. How rich can that guy be? Seriously. That's insane, the amount of albums he's done, right? Yeah. It, it, it just blows the mind. Um, for me, though, Stevie, I will tell you, I had, um, what do you call? I had her other album there. Um, the woman, the woman in me. Uh, the woman, the woman in me. Yeah, with any man of mine, uh, you win my love. No one needs to know. I'm out of here. If you're not in for love, uh, I didn't list it. It was on my maybe list. Yeah. But since you picked her, so I, I'm, I, I'll leave it off. We already discussed her, so yeah, that's so, fine. I mean, Great 12, pick. 12 freaking singles off one album. I mean, that's that's incredible. Yep. All right, what's your number yep. eight? Yep. All right. So number eight, I'm gonna go with um uh, a band that's kind of polarizing, believe it or not, in country music. And but I love them. Uh and that's the Dickie Dixie Chicks Fly. <laughs> I love that album. Uh, I, I think they're fantastic. I think the two sisters are super talented. And yeah. I think uh, Natalie Maines has a great voice. I don't really. I mean, I like Travis Tritt. And he's about as right wing as it can be. And I like the Dixie Chicks who can be as left wings can be. Yeah. I don't care. I don't listen to that stuff. But Fly has uh, came out in 90, I think 99. Uh, Cowboy Take Me Away, obviously the big hit was Goodbye Earl, Cold Day in July, and I Love Without You. I think it's a beautiful song. Uh, and I can listen to Fly all the way through. I got into Dixie Chicks when my wife and my sister-in-law, 
became huge Dixie Chicks fan from the first album. And then when Fly came out, I'll go ahead and tell you, that's my number five. So, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> and Wow. Yeah, there's... there's a, And I'll read off some of the stuff I've got. That fifth album, you know, you talked about the song. Sin Wagon actually charted, but was yep. never released as a single. So actually got on the chart and won two Grammys and Rolling Stones 500 greatest albums is ranked number 224th. And you talk about the sisters. Yeah. Do you remember the sure. band they did after the Dixie Chicks when they took like a hiatus? Yeah, the Order um, Hounds. The um yeah, yeah, she sings the singer, the sister with the yeah the the super smoking hot sister <laughs> well i'm telling you this yes and you made you made different opinion on me but i had the biggest she i thought she was just hot marty sidell the short hair when it played the the, the fiddle oh the man. violin yeah, yeah the violin. oh yeah. gosh she was hot i know i'm sorry i I'm, I'm proving myself that i'm not from the south yeah not the fiddle i called it a violin i know oops, oops. yeah we talked about that earlier um what is yeah the guy from, no they're both who is the guy from up north who would listen to country music <laughs> that, that proves your point so exactly. but you're right she's cute as well they both are yeah they both are yeah. um so that was my number eight we're up to you buddy yeah, my number eight is another female. And I remember the first time I heard one of her songs, I was like, well, first of all, I said, that's got to be Don Henley singing singing with her. Uh, of course, it was Trisha Yearwood and uh, Hearts and Armor is my number eight. Her second album released September 1st, 1992. Of course, Walk Away Joe with Don Henley singing uh, background vocals. And I was like hooked on her and you, yeah, you got it. So walk away, Joe, you say you will down on my knees, wrong side of Memphis. Uh, you, she just, and, and it just started from there with her. She had so many great hits, but that album really started me being a fan of Trisha Yearwood right there. And of course I just got into my Eagles craze then about a year earlier. So when I heard Don Henley, I said, I've got to go out and buy that just for that. And uh, but yeah, Trisha Yearwood's my number eight, the hearts and armor. God, believe me, baby, I lied. I love that song. Oh, yeah, that's a great tune. Yeah, um, so that's number eight. So, number seven for me, um, I'm gonna go with let me see. Uh, I'm going to skip away from the, the female artist here and try to get a male in here. And I'm going to go with a guy who's probably could be my favorite country artist. And that is Tim McGraw. And I, I picked everywhere. I could literally pick any one of his albums all the yeah. way through. Yeah. Up till his last album he did last year that he released. I could pick anything. I think if anybody would learn country music and like it, like rock guys, they would listen to, they would listen to Tim McGraw. He's about the coolest guy to me. He's like the coolest guy. He's got the smoking hot wife. He's got, <laughs> you know, he, he's, you know, keeps himself in great shape. He loves sports. He's always, he's acting in movies. He, 
his music. I know he's not the writer, but he picks great songs. He and he doesn't have the greatest voice, but he knows how to sing them. It's just there's something about him. He knows what he's doing. Yes. And he is one of the biggest selling artists of all time. Now, as far as everywhere, why did I pick that? He got better as his as the years went on. But on um, on this specific album, it, he's got the big hit, which, you know what? It's Your Love is nah, for me. But uh, one of these days, hard on the ticker everywhere and you turn me on. Uh, I love those tracks. And again, you, Tim McGraw is one of those I can put on any album, let it play all the way through. Um, it's a great album. It's just, you know, I put it number seven because uh, it's not his probably best, but it's still a great album for the for the nineties for me. Yeah. I'll go ahead and tell you that that is my number four, uh, but you know, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. You know, one wow. of those days, one of those days is one of my favorite Tim McGraw songs. Uh, I love that song. And then I did not realize till I, till I started doing research on this, Timothy B. Smith is doing the backing vocals on everywhere from the Eagles. I did not know that really? till, till, and till I, I didn't know research. that either. Yeah, but that's awesome. You know, of course, the mega hit if, was if this you your told love. me. Go ahead. Yeah, the mega hit was oh, this yeah, your yeah, love, yeah, but that's got life. you know you get that's a little fatigue after a while from that. But yes, yes, yeah. But uh, Stevie, if you said, "Can you make me?" I, I want to get into Tim McGraw. Can you, you know, just put a playlist together? You'd be like, dude, you just gave me a playlist for like a hundred songs. I'd be like, yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, I could do it. Exactly. Or I'd just be like, just put everything he has on shuffle and you'll love it. He's that good. And it, it just amazes me that he just has that knack of. Holy, but he's doing it perfect, at least yeah. for me. Yeah, he, he is. So my number seven, we're going to go get to a, a, a male artist here. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, Travis Tritt, 10 Feet Tall and Bulletproof. Uh, his fourth album from 1994. Uh, I, I, Foolish Pride, when that came out, I was just like, holy crap. It, and it, when it had that eerie, I don't know what kind of instrument it is at the end it plays. And it plays at the start of the song, but it's, it's some kind of effect that I was like, wow, that's just awesome. And then, of course, he did part two of his videos with Tell Me I Was Dreaming from uh, I Don't Love You Anymore from the previous album. And that that just hooked me in with the video. Yeah. It's just weird how, and I'm going to get off a little tangent here, I guess. It's just these artists have, and I know it's hard to make a video now. MTV doesn't play them. CMT doesn't play them. But what, let me ask you, mm -hmm. for you, when you, you like the song, but didn't you like it even more when you saw the video? Yeah, I, to me, it, 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 a video would be very difficult to ruin the song for you. Yeah. It usually can enhance it. And sometimes the country ones were a little cheesy and corny. Um, and sometimes like they all thought they were like Marlon Brando and wanted to act in the videos. And it's just a little bit cringeworthy. Be honest. Travis Tritt had a habit of doing that. Yeah. McIntyre too. Like, like 
stop it. But then again, she's the one with the acting career now. So she's laughing at me for saying that. <laughs> but I just thought a lot of their videos are just a little like cheesy and stuff. But yeah. um, Travis Tritt, that's a, I mean, that album, um, 10 Feet Tall and Bulletproof, I'll tell you right now, Outlaws Like Us. Hank, we're singing it with Hank Waylon Jr. and, and, uh, and Hank Jr. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, Hard Times and Misery. Uh, tell me I was dreaming. Uh, I love no, Va- no vacation from the blues. Yeah. It's a, his vocals on that. Incre- and the best is that Southern justice song. Southern justice, end, yeah. I love, I love that where he's talking about the, the guy comes, a a, a, a policeman and, uh, he hesitates the last second because he sees a young kid with the gun. And then he gets blown away. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty like not how you thought you're listening to. You're like, whoa. No, yeah. no, no. But he is another Tim McGraw type for me. Yeah. I could listen to his stuff all the way through. I love his voice. I love the songs he picks. Some of them are he writes, which Tim doesn't. Um, I, I could name another one. Another one, I'd be like over 100 songs for you if I, you asked me to do a playlist. Love I'll tell that. you this, before COVID struck, me and my wife got to go, we, we got a theater, a small theater about 30 minutes from us, and of all people, when I, I, I they sent out updates, and I looked, and Travis Tritt came to that theater, I said, we're going, it was Travis Tritt just by himself, acoustic, and man, he put on a great show by yeah, himself. Yeah, I remember it, he was, was doing that, yeah. It was so awesome, I was just glad that it, we got to see him before COVID struck, but yeah, Travis Tritt, like you said, you could name hundred, a hundred songs that, that you could listen to with Travis Tritt. Yeah. He, uh, I don't know if you would let me in because I know he, he's gotten way like crazy on Twitter and stuff, blocking a million people. If he finds out you're like a Democrat or something like, so maybe he wouldn't allow me into his show. That's okay. I love his music. So, and this should be the thing that unites us, right? So yes, but definitely. Anyway, number uh, six for you. I'll do this for you. I'll go right back at you. I took Travis Tritt, but I didn't take that album. I took "It's All About the Change." Oh, second album. His his second album. That's right. So the whiskey ain't working anymore with Marty Stewart. Marty Stewart. Yeah. A, yeah. He's got some good duets with him. Here's a quarter. Call someone who cares. These are great country lines, right? Uh, <laughs> it's all about the change. If hell had a jukebox, it's <laughs> a good one. And then Bible Belt. He always does something like that, where some sort of preacher is always screwing around or robbing people or cheating on people. And uh, I love that song, Bible Belt. It's very similar to a lot of his songs. Uh, and uh, I think that it's about uh, all about the change is probably of those nineties. That might be my favorite after the nineties. He got even better, put out some great albums, but in the nineties, I think I kind of lean towards this one, even though T R O U B L E was the first country album I ever bought. Well, really? Okay. That comes it. Was that because of the Elvis cover? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the first song I listened to on the radio, as I was saying, uh, a That's bit right. earlier after my cousin and I heard Garth Brooks, right? Have you heard the new the new album he put out, Set in Stone? 
No, I'm sure I'll end up getting it someday. Yeah, it's it, it it is really good. I was really impressed with it. Uh, so number six, you talked about her a little bit earlier about her acting skills. Uh, <laughs> Reba McIntyre <laughs> for My Broken Heart, uh, her 18th album. I listened to this. I did. I I took it upon myself. I think in March to say I was going to listen to more entire albums uh, and I want to listen to at least one a day for a year. And uh, not too long ago, I listened to this one again and man, there's so many great songs. Of course you got for my broken heart. Is there life out there? Uh, the night the lights went out in Georgia. That was, that was a great one. The Vicki Lawrence remake, but then you know, and you had yeah. Greatest Man, If I Had Only Known, which is about her band that died in the in the plane crash. But then there's a song, I don't know if you if you know this, I'm sure you do, Bobby. There's something about that song that tells us yeah. it tells a story about a kid whose dad did a mercy killing on his mom. And he grew up hating his dad. His dad was in prison. He hated his dad and then uh learns to realize as he grew older, why his dad did it. But man, this was the first time I heard her and Vince Gill, because Vince Gill's doing the backing vocals on this. And oh, her and Vince yes. Gill working together is like magic. I mean, the heart won't lie was awesome, but her and Vince Gill working together is like magic. And uh, you can definitely tell it's Vince Gill on the backing vocals there. Just a great song. Yeah, I'm going to save a comment about Vince Gill for something else coming up uh, but yeah i i hear you on that i was gonna take a reba and she's in my uh um uh i don't know honorable mentions i have right. was, if i was gonna take it i was gonna take read my mind well oh, i yeah. haven't i heard from you she, she thinks his name is john till you love me the heart is a lonely hunter and still a lot of good songs there. and her vocals are just phenomenal I mean, yeah. let's be blunt yeah phenomenal um, and she was looking good back then. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you remember the duet with Linda Davis? Does he love you? Yeah, they both were looking good. <laughs> yes. The vocals on that were almost as good as they were looking. Exactly. Um, and that song that you mentioned, I, I do, I, cause I almost picked this album. Uh, that song that you mentioned off of your track, was on the eight second soundtrack, which is one of my favorite from the era, but I didn't take it. Uh, that eight second soundtrack was all country guys. They had yeah. Pam Tillis, Brooks and Dunn, Reba McIntyre. And there's an awesome version of the Linda Ronstadt, which is actually Everly Brothers. When Will I Be Loved by Vince Gill. Does an awesome version of that song. That soundtrack is great. Yeah. But I Definitely. digress. Number five. All right, number five. All right. Number five for me. I'm going to go with I'll, just to tidy up my story before I forget about Vince Gill. I'm going to go with probably my favorite artist, uh, female artist of the 90s, and even further on, country singer, because I think she's just flat out got the best voice of them all. Not the best looking, but the best voice. And that's Patty Loveless's. The Trouble with the Truth. Oh, wow. Um, I can go with any album of hers. Here's another one that I could do just like Tim McGraw. 
everything. I can listen to all her albums straight through. I could do a playlist of a hundred and something songs. Um, I could have picked any of her albums from the nineties and, and, and been confident in any of them. The Trouble with the Truth, the title track, A Thousand Times a Day, and there's a great deep cut called She Drew a Broken Heart, which is great, because she always has this, like, up-tempo type song. It's kind of like you could make it into a rock song if you wanted to, and her vocals, I know she changed her style. She had some sort of a throat thing that happened, and she had to change her whole vocal delivery uh, like right in towards the beginning of her career after her first couple albums, whatever she did, it was phenomenal because in the nineties, uh, oh man. And she yeah. kind of leaned afterwards lately into more like mountain soul kind of music and who, oh my God, her vo- voice is incredible. She doesn't really perform anymore, release any music, which is too bad because I try to see if she's touring or anything. The last thing she was on was on a country cruise. So, I don't think she's doing anything right now. Yeah. But yeah, Patty Loveless, I love. And the reason I mentioned her and Vince Gill, because the two of them, you can hear them in other people's albums in the 90s. And yes. like, oh, that's Patty Loveless in the background. Yeah. Oh, that's Vince Gill. And the two of them are always in the background of their albums for each other. I mean, Patty's done stuff with Travis Tridd, uh, Dwight Yoakam, uh, Vince Gill. You hear her voice. And incredible one with george jones it's just phenomenal yeah she we uh my wife is a big patty loveless fan she has i got her the uh smart lady album that i think it was mountain soul is what it was called i think it was yeah. called that she wore that out but she's got two yeah, of them go rest high on that mountain with her and vince gill oh man yeah powerful at, stuff at, um at george jones funeral yeah. You talk about Vince Gill. Yeah. I'll talk and, and how you can spot him and everything. Of all things, now I, the town I'm from, uh, Chris Daltrey grew up down the street from us. So we're, we're big supporters of him. But his second album, he did a song called Tennessee Line. And I remember listening to it for the first time, and I was like, who the heck is that singing in the background? It can't be who I think it is. Vince Gill yeah. singing backing vocals on Tennessee Line. And then there was one of the music award shows. They did They did Tennessee Line live on the music award show. I was like, you know, and I was like, Chris has really hit it big when he's got Vince Gill singing background vocals for him. That's, that's true. And then on the, uh, the original Mountain Soul, because it's Mountain Soul too. She, yeah. she has a song called... You'll never leave Harlan alive, which is probably the most uh, like blows your mind, yeah. <laughs> passionate, f- like uh, vocal country, like holy aching voice you'll ever hear. And she kills it. And there's a great YouTube video of her performing it live. It's insane. And I always, and I, when I first heard the song, I'm like, dude, how is she not getting tortured for this? You'll never leave Harlem alive? What kind of stuff is that? That's so racist. I can't believe she's got a song like that. I didn't realize there's a place called Harlan. I thought it was Harlem. <laughs> and so I was like, what the hell is this? But the song is incredible. Incredible. Yeah, yeah so. that, Patty Lovis has just got one of the, like we talked about Pam Tillis earlier. She's just got one of those voices that's so distinctive and, and just just can carry. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
great. She's got great stuff. My number five we already talked about was Dixie Chicks Fly. We talked about that with, uh, uh, of course, mm -hmm. great album there. Uh, so what's your number four? All right. So um, let me just cross out the one so I don't repeat them. <laughs> All right. So number four for me is a guy that I like his albums. He never really got too big, but I love his voices because if you ask me who my favorite country music singer is or artist and who do I have like three rows of CDs over there, uh, that would be George Jones. He's my favorite. He's the best in my opinion. Nobody can even touch him. Nobody. And a guy that sounds similar to him and was friends with him, he came out in that era, but never really got his career up that big. But, and that is Sammy Kershaw. Oh, I, yeah. I, have, I have his 1991 debut, Don't Go Near the Water. That title track, Cadillac style, kicking in. What am I worth? A George Jones song. He does a lot of them. He actually has got a George Jones album, Wall Covers, which is great. Yard Sale, Anywhere But Here. That album is awesome. He had other ones like Haunted Heart in the 90s. I, I, he would always pull out a couple songs. If I put him on shuffle, I'd be like, that is the best song off all these albums I've got. And, you know, he's got some duds in there, but he's got yeah. a fantastic voice. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember, uh, what was it? He did the remake of Third Rate Romance. Uh, yeah, that was Matches, a fun one, too. Matches was a good song. Yeah. Uh, and then love of, of course. I like uh, your tattoo. I love those <laughs> up temple songs he would do. Very George Jones like, fun kind of mocking country like humor in there. He would do a lot of those things in there. There's a uh, another one. Yeah, I think he's got called Louisiana Hot Sauce. Ever hear that one? I have heard that. I have to check one. that out. Oh, oh yeah, he's got some great ones and it just you know i think he was kind of the middle of the pack kind of guy but uh i i like his stuff i do yeah so my number four you already mentioned with tim mcgraw with everywhere we talked <laughs> yeah. about that a little earlier so we got a couple of repeats but uh what's your number three yeah all right so number three Um, I'm going to go with number three is a guy that I love. Another one that is, he's got a distinctive voice for me. Perfect for the nineties. And he had a kind of a career altering incident, but, and that is Tracy Lawrence. And I love alibis, his second alibis. Uh, I could have, I could have picked up any of his albums. Uh, I, I love his voice. I think he's a, awesome i love his yeah i have all his every single one of his cds albums should i call them alibis has the title track one of my favorite like silly like fun songs my second home where he lives in the bar uh a great track back to back i threw the rest away if the good die young it's an awesome album you can listen to that all the way through and tracy lawrence has got a lot of great great hits and I think uh, it's a shame that his career kind of stalled after a while. 
Yeah, the Alibis, Alibis was a great song. Uh, what was that other song? It, it was on a later album. Is that a tear I hear in her voice? Uh, yeah, is that Texas a tear? Texas Tornado. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, had some, he's had some really good ones. Uh, my number three is one of the legends of country music, but he put this album out in 1992. And I remember when it came out, it was like, it's like a soundtrack. And I was like, he's in a movie. And I'm talking about George Strait with Pure Country, the soundtrack of Pure Country. Uh, probably <laughs> yeah. wasn't probably wasn't the best movie and he and you talk about reba's acting <laughs> skills and george's acting skills weren't that great <laughs> but you know i still i still love the movie it's kind of like it's not it's not the cult favorite to me like kiss meets the phantom of the park but i still enjoy watching the movie just because of, but the soundtrack man you lead out you, you talk about i cross my heart Heartland, When Did You Stop Loving Me, Overnight Mail, Lost in, Last in Love, and Thoughts of a Fool. But man, it was just, that's one of those where I can listen to the entire album and, and not miss a beat. But George Strait, and it's probably, it's definitely not his best album, but it's probably my favorite George Strait album of all time. It's pure country. Uh, my brother used that ballad as his wedding song. And then I think my cousin stole it too. And he did it for his <laughs> later on. And neither of them are big country guys. Yeah. My brother a little bit, but yeah, that song was big. Uh, oh, yeah. I crossed my heart. Wasn't that this? Yeah. 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 Uh, and then heartland was the big song too. It has the guy from Friday night lights playing in that movie too. Yeah. Right. Ouchie, I think it was, it was like the, the imposter. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's a stupid premise, the whole movie. It's just, hey, country music's really big. Who's a good-looking, big-name country guy? George Strait? Has he act? Who cares? Throw him in it. Yeah, he just, he, his whole tone, his whole tone in that movie is just like the same the whole time. Like, ah, uh, yeah, you, you're going to get out of here. Or I'm going to whip you and stuff like that. I mean, but I, I mean... Yeah. He's not it's, an actor, that's It's the sure. Eddie Murphy line about Elvis. <laughs> yeah, I was saying it's We're the Eddie Murphy line ring. about Elvis. <laughs> yeah, screw it. He'll just sing all his lines. Yeah. Think about Lemonade, Elvis. But he can't act. <laughs> lemonade, that cool, cool refreshing, refreshing drink. drink. Oh. All right. So all you're number right. two. Number two. Uh, I don't think you have this. I have sung this lady's praises for years. Uh, I've seen her live twice before COVID hit. I've seen her with her husband. I've seen her alone. She's come to a small bar in Harvard. No, right before Harvard Square. In, in somewhere in Cambridge. And that is, I don't know if you've even heard of her. Kelly Willis. You know? Yeah, her? I've heard of her. Oh, you do? Okay. So Kelly Willis, she did, uh, she had a, um, I don't know, what do you call those? Self-titled album. Kelly Willis, even though there was her third album, came out in 93. So she did a cover of Heaven's Just a Sin Away. Uh, it's got a great song called One More Night, Get Real. I sing Kelly Willis's praise all the time. She's my, I said Patty Loveless, but she's probably right there, right next to her. She writes most of her own music. She's got, she is just real country, real country. Can pick up the guitar, sing with that ache in her voice, and just blow you away. Her lyrics are fantastic. Her husband is like 
off the charts, super talented, but obviously he's not, you know, the big good looking guy. So they've had hits with like angry all the time. He wrote that song. Everybody knows oh, that song. Went on with Tim McGraw. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They that was her, his song, and he sang it with Kelly Willis. Um, he's got the other song that George Strait I think made it go to number one. I hope you edit this stuff right. If there's pauses and stuff, or does this go live like this? Because now you're gonna because I want to look it up because it was that good. No, go ahead. Look, um, we do this. You, look, we do this all the time on here. Uh, what's the song? Wrapped. You know the song by George Strait, Wrapped? Yeah. I don't remember that song. If you play, I think it was a number one hit for him. I'll probably uh, remember if I hear Her husband it. wrote that. She she does a version of that. I can listen. I Again, another one. I put her, and she's done two duet albums with her husband. I take it back. She's done three, I believe. She just released one out. Um, during COVID, her and her husband go on Facebook Live and sing songs constantly. She's a big Austin, Texas, those kind of people. They have all those shows and concerts and she's big in the community down there. I, I, I love her. I think she is so super talented down to earth, beautiful voice, husband, super talented. They both write music. Uh, Kelly Willis. It just, to me is pure country. And when I got that album, uh, because she was easy on the eyes back there in the nineties. Um, <laughs> and I got that album. I just never stopped listening to her. So I would constantly buy stuff. The next thing I know, I'm like, she's coming to a bar in Cambridge. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I've got video. Like I'm like two feet away from her. I'm like, you know, watching her perform and stuff. I was blown away. So super talented. You'll never see artists that are at the American music awards. Do what that lady can do. Go up there with a guy with a stand-up bass, a drummer and a, you know, a guitar player and a slide guitar and her with an acoustic guitar and just sing for like two hours and go like that. It's amazing. Yeah, I definitely have to look up more of her. So I do remember her, but I haven't listened to a lot of Kelly Willis, but I'll definitely check her out. Uh, my number two, you talk about it, Tracy uh, Lawrence career kind of stalling and he had such great hits. My number two is a guy that had some some big hits, had two or three, maybe four great albums. And then it just kind of went went away. You didn't hear a lot from him in a while. But he started out with a man. I'm talking about John Michael Montgomery. And I've got kicking it up at number two. Uh, you know, yeah, leading off with over there. Be My Baby. And I and I look from the self-titled album, I became a fan, or the first album, I don't know if it's self-titled or not, but uh I became a fan then. You know, he just got that voice, that deep voice and uh you know, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a ballad, especially a country ballad. And when you sing something like yep. um, I love the way you love me or off this album, I swear or wrote the moon, uh, this guy. And, and probably it's not on this album, but one of the one of the songs that I really love with John Michael Montgomery. And I don't know if you've heard it or not. It, it, the video was so controversial. They wouldn't put it on TV, but you can find it on YouTube. The little girl about the the little girl that her parents were drug addicts and uh she hid behind the couch you had have you heard that before no it's got 
it's got her. I have two his first two albums. Yeah, if you look up the little girl, I guarantee because the background vocals, Allison Krauss does the background vocals, and I think Billy Dean does them as well. But it's a strong story, but he puts it on on that one, and it, it's just a great song. But John Michael Montgomery, probably one of my favorite country artists of all time. Uh, just those those first three albums were great, and uh, you know, actually. I'll, I'll get a little corny here with this because there's a John Michael Montgomery song uh, called, uh, gosh, I'm going I'm to get killed for not remembering the name of it now. I swear. No, no. This is an unknown. You probably haven't heard this. <laughs> How was I to know? Uh, this, this, uh, that song okay. is pretty much, this, that's the, when I get a uh, text from my wife, that goes off because it just fits us perfect. The story fits us perfect. But it was not our wedding song, so uh, we didn't use it in our weddings. But yeah, how was that? What, al- what album is that off of? That's off. I think that's actually off the third album, uh, which was called John Michael Montgomery. Okay. I believe that's why I don't that. know it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, John Michael Montgomery, yeah. of course, is, and I didn't know for years that his brother was Eddie Montgomery from Montgomery and Gentry, but uh, but you yes, look, yes, yeah. I once knew you that look part. at them, you can tell because they're both giants. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You can tell <laughs> they're both huge. Yeah, but that's that's my number two. So, up to number one, what you got? All right. So, I think number one is, is the reason why this is number one. It, it might be my favorite from uh, this era, but it just got everything. There's not one bad song. It's epitomizes country music in the nineties. And I I'm taking the guy that I think everybody likes, nobody dislikes. And that's an Alan Jackson here in the real world. Um, I, I think that album is incredible, but I think all his albums, I could have picked any one of his albums in the nineties and been fine with it. I just picked this one because it's just, it's sentimental to me. It's the first one. I, I, again, um, you got here in the real world, uh, real world, wanted, chasing the neon rainbow, and I love that song. Home, it yes. just it's and he writes most of his stuff, and he's got a good voice, and he's a traditional country artist, which I love. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you a story about Alan Jackson. My dad would go hang out after he he retired. Well, he would went out with after a heart attack but he would go hang out at a uh it was like a tire place not far from where we lived and the owner there you know would put him to work from time to time to answering the phones so his own the owner of that place has a shelby hat or had a shelby mustang and i don't know how, if you know how rare a shelby mustang is but yeah, there. I don't. I'll take yeah. your word for it. Yeah, I, I'm not a big car guy, but I've been told this story so many times. I know how rare a Shelby Mustang is. Uh, my dad was sitting there answering the phone one day, and he, you know, the guy on the other end asked for the owner. He said, "Well, he's not here right now. Can I take a message?" Yeah, can you tell him that uh, Mr. Jackson called inquiring about the Mustang, and he was like. All right, what's your first name? He said, uh, Alan, Alan Jackson. And my dad was like, because I'm constantly, I'm constantly <laughs> pranking my dad. 
I've done so many pranks on my dad. And he was like, all right, who, who really, for real, who is this? He said, no, it's Alan Jackson. And for real, it was Alan Jackson. And he ended up buying that Shelby Mustang from, uh, from the owner of that place. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. That, and my dad was like, I, I, I figured it was you playing a joke on me or something. But no, I would never have thought of it to say I was Alan Jackson. But uh, yeah, you know, Alan Jackson had so many great songs, but I think everybody talks about where were you uh, later on. And yeah, um, remember when I love that song. That's a good song. And then his Mm -hmm. gospel albums are so great. I I just enjoy his gospel. It's kind of like it's kind of reminds me of the Elvis stuff when Elvis used to do the gospel albums. And Alan Jackson has done what what yep. they call Precious Memories. He's done a couple of those. And uh, he just does a great job. And like you said, a very traditional country artist. So my number yes. one, and this is the album that got me back into country music, you know, hearing it in, in my buddy's car. Yeah. And it's not a bad song on the whole album to me. And I'm talking about Garth Brooks, No Fences. Um, Oops. Jeez, you, you know, when you start off, you start off with the Thunder Rolls. And the best part yeah. of that song is when he goes out in the middle of the song, when he goes, the Thunder Rolls, and then it gets quiet, and then they crank it back in again. And I'm like, holy moly. And uh, yeah, yep. I mean, you go from start from top to bottom looking at this Thunder Rolls, New Way to Fly. Two of a kind working on a full house. Victim of the game, of course, friends in low places. Wild horses, unanswered prayers, same old story, Mr. Blue and Wolves. I mean, there's not a bad song on that album. And, you know, I guess it's kind of sentimental to me. It's sentimental to me because it got me back into country music. But, man, Garth did so much. I mean, he, he really, when you go back and think about it, Garth, put country music back on the map in the 90s. I mean, George Strait was always there, but Garth got people listening to country music back again in the 90s like that. He, yeah, he 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 moved country over into selling what it did sell. Um, I remember like looking at him like, who's this chubby guy? His voice is okay. It's good voice. But yeah. like, why the hell is this guy selling all this like, wh- I don't get it. Because then I saw, because I remember seeing that Entertainment Weekly and it had Garth Brooks and had No Fences, number one. But they also had two Clint Black albums. They were head-to-head their first couple yeah, albums. Yeah, they were. And they I look were. at Clint Black and I'm like, dude, this guy's a good-looking man. How the hell is he getting his ass kicked by this fat guy? But <laughs> afterwards, he just, like, took off and Clint Black was just, like, way in the shadows. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, how can you go wrong with that? Is number one. I get it, hundred percent. I get it. Yeah, it's it's and it's so many I I could have had on here. And like you said, uh, Tracy Lauren Alibis was on my I guess you call it honorable mention. Uh, I'm looking at some of my other stuff. Clint Black, one emotion. Yeah. Do you mind if I read if we yeah. go through some? I'm I'm curious. Yeah. I want to hear some of your albums that didn't make it. Yeah. So you want me to, I'll let you go ahead with your honorable mentions. I'm going to run through them fast. Okay. So I had Brooks and Dunn, uh, brand new man. 
Mm-hmm. I had <laughs> Confederate Railroad, 1992. <laughs> How can you not go to a strip club and hear Trashy Women? Trashy Women. That song in and of itself. Oh, my God. That song is hilarious. Uh, anything by Dwight Yoakam, who's probably a top five artist of mine of any era. I love Dwight Yoakam, probably as much as Tim McGraw. But the 90s isn't where he picked up. The 80s, his first couple albums, and then in the 2000s, his albums got better. I felt the right. 90s. If I was going to pick an album, I'd probably pick Dawn. I had Faith Hill's Faith, not Breathe. Uh, I had Faith Hill's uh, Faith, which had like this kiss, let me let go. Just to hear you say that you love me was my wedding song. And sadly, I can't play it anymore because I, I got divorced after two years. And oh, she Lord. ruined that song for me. <laughs> but I absolutely love that song with Tim McGraw. Um, I had, and I could have picked many of his, George Jones had a lot of great albums in the 90s. Uh, uh, Walls Can Fall, 1992. Uh, it's got, you know, I Don't Need Your Rocking Chair. Wrong's What I Do Best. Finally, Friday, The Bottle Let Me Down, the title track. I had Leanne Womack. Do you like her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like her, vo- her vocals are phenomenal. I had, uh, I had her, I have all hers. I, again, that's another artist. I have all their albums. Uh, something I, some things I know, uh, a little past Little Rock. I'll think of a reason later is so catchy. And a song called Don't Tell Me, vocals are off the charts. Lori Morgan's Watch Me. Now, talk about a smoke show. Holy Christ. <laughs> that woman was smoking in the 90s. Uh, uh, watch me, half enough. Uh, what part of no? And she does a great version of It's a Heartache, that old Bonnie Tyler song. Another one that I love, love, love. And I have probably one of my favorite artists. I have all her albums. Her Christmas album is the best Christmas album I've had. Uh, Martina McBride. Oh, gorgeous. Um, I had probably the way um, uh, the way I am. My baby loves me. Independence Day. She ain't seen nothing yet. Life number nine. Marty Stewart's Love and Luck. Uh, I like that title track. Kiss Me, I'm Gone. Wheels. And he does a great version. If I give my soul that Billy Joe Shaver song, which is awesome. Johnny Cash does a great version of that. Mary Chapin Carpenter. I don't know if you liked her. Come on, uh, yeah. come on in 1992 Shut up is an me. awesome album. Yeah. Uh, I feel lucky. The bug passionate kisses. It's a great song on there called walking through fire. Uh, I take my chances. Another like Jesus Christ, these 90 women, another smoke show. Mindy McCready. Remember her before she got all cracked out? Oh, phenomenal. Yes, uh, if I don't stay the night, you'll never know. And uh, you'll never know. Yep. What's the, the name of the song of this about kiss the in long, long time? What's the name about the song? So she had the one guys do it. She had the song that was number one hit. Guys do it all the time. Yeah. She had that song. She had um, uh, what, the other song. Uh, what was the song about the picture on the wall? And it just, I'm drawing a blank. God. A picture on the wall. Guys do it all the time. 10,000 angel. Girls got to do what a girl's got to do. Uh, what if I do, if I don't stay the night for a good time call, the other side of this kiss. I'm looking for something with a picture. I'm not so tough. Nah. All I want is everything. Uh, take me apart. That's a good song. 
pitcher. I don't know anything about a pitcher. That, that now that's a <laughs> lyric. That's a lyric in it. Uh, oh, may, oh, I know the name. I don't of know. It. I know the but, name of. Maybe he'll notice her now. Maybe he'll notice her now. That okay. had uh, all right. The guy, the guy from Lone Star, sang it with her. Okay. All I know is that the poor girl got all cracked out, did some porn, Damn. and then killed herself. Yeah, she got really messed up, and that's too bad. She was really – she had a great voice. Yeah. Um, I, I had Toby Keith, everything after the 90s were better for him, I feel. Like the 90s stuff, that, that's when he changed his attitude and he said, how do you like me now? And changed everything about himself and, and became like the fun-loving, like, you know, crazy – Toby Keith that he is now. Um, Tracy Bird, I had no ordinary man. Watermelon crawl. Life's yeah, watermelon <laughs> crawl. Uh, lifestyle, the not so rich and famous, the keepers of the stars. Um, then there was a, I think that was it. Yeah. So there's two things I almost took, but I didn't because I felt it was cheating. But they were on my shuffle constantly. One common thread, that Eagles thing was phenomenal. And it brought back the Eagles. Thank you. Yeah. So that album with all those artists, I could listen to all the time. And then it's kind of cheating, but Tanya Tucker released an album called Greatest Hits Encore. She had to leave her old record label, went to a new one. So she re-recorded all her old hits, but a more mature voice, Tanya Tucker. Right. And I have that album. It's probably my favorite album of hers. It is maybe my favorite top 10 album but i didn't put it on this list because i thought it'd be cheating it's got delta dawn san antonio stroll blood red and going down what's your mama's name uh texas when i die pecos promenade phenomenal phenomenal yeah i just remember and that's all mine i just remember her used to be my my great aunt used to get the national Enquirer every week like like it was a religion yeah and- <laughs> Tanya Tucker and Glenn Campbell were in it every week for about about six months. Uh, you beating the bag out of each other. Yeah. Before <laughs> before I do my honorable mentions, I I thought about one, and I don't know if you if you had it or not. But being a big Elvis fan and a country music of the '90s fan, I don't know if you got this one because it had a lot of country in it. The Honeymoon in Vegas soundtrack. Yeah, it's over there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I figured yep. you did. I figured you did. Uh, the one more soundtrack that was big was the Maverick soundtrack. I had Maverick. That too. Uh, yes. Looking at my, my honorable mentions, a lot of what you Mary Chapin Carpenter was up there. Uh, yeah, and, and like and like you said, you didn't want to. I didn't want to use repeats in my top ten. So there was a lot of uh, like Tracy Lawrence, Sticks and Stones. Uh, Travis Tritt, it's all about the change. Oh, that's such a that yeah. That Tracy Lawrence album is awesome. Yes. Uh you know, the you had the Travis Tritt, it's all about the change. That was a Vince Gill when I call your name. Yes. Uh also had yep. Pocket Full of Gold. That. You mentioned Brooks and Dunn, yep. brand new man. I got that. Rope in the wind from Garth and and Reba McIntyre, as you call. Dwight Yoakam this time. Uh, Clint yes, Black. Yes, that's Clint, a great one. Yeah. Clint Black, One Emotion. Uh, and 
there's several up here like uh and I, and I kind of thought this was cheating too but the Keith Whitley tribute album I don't know if you ever got that yes oh man yeah no I have it that was that was awesome uh let's see who else John Michael Montgomery Life's a Dance uh, Alan Jackson who I am mm-hmm. um Oh, yep. That was my backup. That's what I was going to take, probably, if I didn't take his. I love, you can see on my list, I had it originally, and I crossed it out. Yeah. The the title track, Job, job Description. Um. Oh, my God. And then, you know, obviously the big hit, Gone Country, which was so, you know, obvious yeah. that what he was singing about. But, yeah. But you talk about wedding songs, and I think you uh, – our wedding song or one of them was uh i know a while back when i was listening to the album i put it on i put her the album cover on twitter and you talked about you had that album too lila mccann you remember her Uh, oh yeah i have yeah but i feel dirty she was like 12 years old (laughs) yeah she did a song on the hope float soundtrack called to get me to you and that was our wedding song but uh Yeah, I tried to track her down and see if I could get an interview with her, but uh, had no luck. I, you know, the ones I like to get are the, the ones you haven't heard from in a while. And uh, But she's she's on social media, but just not responding to me, I guess. I guess I'm not I'm not important. Enough. Yeah, well, if you ever get Kelly, if you ever get Kelly Willis, let me know. I'll jump on with you. Yeah, I'll jump. I'll, I'll let you jump in with, with us on that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many great albums, you know. We really, I really didn't get into that much of the late '90s, like the. And I'll tell you this, uh, Rascal Flats. I, I like the harmonies they do. I like. I never listened to them. You don't. <laughs> Hold on, I think he froze. I don't know. It didn't agree with me. Okay. Yeah, I I, I went to see Rascal Flats. Uh, with Toby Keith was a headliner and they were opening it up for him and uh, I became a fan then but yeah you know, I didn't get into a lot of, like Kenny Chesney which I do like Kenny Chesney but I didn't get into a lot of that there was so many uh, in the early 90s when I first started that uh, I, I, I couldn't put them on there but uh, I was going to ask you this too and this is going to be a very deep deep cut and you probably never heard of these guys, but I got, I can remember okay. working at a grocery store and with a carton of cigarettes, there was a country music cassette sampler on there. And I was looking at it, I was like, who are these people? You know, because there was a lot of unknown, <laughs> it was two or three, there was two or three that you knew, but there was actually one good song up there that I, that I liked. It was a duet, but there's a, I guess it was a, a a man and his wife, John and Audrey Wiggins, and the song was called "Has Anybody Seen?" Don't Amy? know. <laughs> I was um, the name sounds familiar. Has the name, anybody the, the seen song title Amy? Seems familiar. Yeah, it was not a bad song. But the, I I don't remember the, I don't remember them. So for a while there, there was something called New Country Music Magazine, That's and it. they would send you a CD. That's it. It was not Sid Hill. I magazine. have those. It was a magazine. That's what yes. it was. Exactly what I it was. I have some of them still over there. 
new country music CDs. I have them. Well, you and may, I learned some artists that were on there. You may have John. And there was um, up there. a couple. Of, <laughs> maybe that's why I know it. <laughs> Again, yeah, that, if you're editing, give me two seconds. I'll go look just, right now. Just go ahead and look. We're fine, bud. I'll edit it out. We're fine. All right. Give me one second. All right. So I knew where to grab this. Look at these things. That's right? it. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> so this one has new country, or like new country it's called. It's got people like Shania Twain's No No One Needs to Know. This is probably before she became big. I don't know why they have Lyle Lovett. He's Nick Lowe and Victoria Williams' Crazy Mary, the Pearl Jam song. Uh, Chris Ledoux. Yeah. Little Texas, I'll hold on to her. Mark Chestnut's going through the big D. Marsha Ball, Blue House, Toby, uh, Toby Keats, who's that man? Brian White, Eugene, you genius. What the hell is that? Is that an ace for you? Uh Terry. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> uh Terry McBride in the ride. John and Audrey Wiggins. Has anyone seen Amy? There it is. Now I'm going to have to play this. You called it. This is the cover with Toby Keith. Yeah, that's and some it. other dude. And uh, is it a guy? Yeah, named so these George, other ones have George like Dukas up there or something. Yeah, <laughs> George Gukas. What? Dukas. Yeah, something. George Dukas. <laughs> yeah, lipstick promises. <laughs> yep. I remember Look that. At some yeah. of these bands. Hey, do you remember David Ball's thinking problem? Yes, I'll admit. Remember that song? <laughs> the band is on here. Linda Davis, Love Didn't Do It. Neil McCoy, Mudslide. Uh, Billy Dean, I remember him. Yeah. Um, Susie Bogus. Tracy Lawrence's My Second Home is on this. Junior Brown, remember that guy with the little funky guitar player? My Wife Thinks You're Dead. Neil McCoy's Wink, Leroy Parnell. Yeah, all these artists. And then there are a bunch of no names next to them. Yeah. Wow. That's funny, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I knew. Yeah, you're going to be listening wow. to John and Audrey Wiggins tonight. <laughs> okay. So do you have this? I don't have it anymore. I had it. Yeah, I had it. Because I wore okay. it out. So there was a song on here that I listen to still to this day. And I've never heard anything else by him, but I guess he's a big country, like a traditional country guy. Robert Earl Keane. Have you ever heard of him? Yes. Yes. It's got a song called Think It Over One Time. I listen to that song all the time. I love it. It's a great song. Oh, man. I want wow. to Good say call, Stevie. Local. There was a local uh, <clears throat> radio talk show, and I don't know if it gets up north much. It's called John Boy and Billy. Yeah, they're they're kind uh, of uh, yeah. Dude, I, 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 haven't listen, imagine, I haven't listened to the radio, and I can't imagine they would make it up north. They're they're really southern guys, but they do comedy and stuff like that. And I wouldn't say Robert Earl King is is a frequent was a frequent guest of their show, but uh, 
because I remember hearing it. I, I know I remember hearing him on there before, but uh, <laughs> I can't believe we found John and Audrey Wiggins. <laughs> there you go. That's well, a great Zeus. way. That's a great uh, way to end the note. Uh, end on that note, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zeus, thank you so much for doing this tonight. It's been a blast. And uh, we definitely got to do this again. We'll get time on here and do, like we said, talk about the Patriot stuff or talk about music again. Uh, get y'all on here, talk some kiss or something like that. But Absolutely. man, thank you so much. It's been a great Absolutely. thrill to be able to talk to you guys. Like I said, it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. Stevie, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you having us on. And we hope we can uh, reciprocate soon. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and all your listeners. Same to you guys. You, you guys, that is Zeus from the Shout It Out Loudcast. And that's going to do it for tonight on the fly.